You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our current sponsors, uh, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. As you well know, if you've been following This is Oklahoma, they've been a huge part of this podcast. So this podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Also for the podcast, a new sponsor, RCB Bank. The home market is booming and RCB Bank is here for you. If you're in the market to buy a home, a mortgage pre-qualification will make the process much easier. Talk to one of our mortgage professionals today. RCB Bank, that's my bank. With approved credit, terms and restrictions apply, member FDIC, equal housing lender, RCB Bank, NMLS 798151. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down at the Bedford studio today. Um, for me, it feels like I haven't been down here in a couple of weeks, but I... It, I haven't been down here in a couple of weeks, but I've been thankfully have episodes in the bank. So it's nice to come back and sit down and, and, and take some, you know, do some podcast stuff. Uh, so my guest today, Justin Hodges, uh, born and raised in Oklahoma, going to talk about your family business and how you get into to doing what you do now. Uh, I'll link his website below, the two websites below, because that, I mean, fabrication and metal work is very hard to do uh, and not easy but their finished product looks so good. And me being in real estate and seeing kind of like, you know, this stuff and how much, you know, appreciating how much work goes into it. And when someone puts that in their house or in their restaurant, you know, or, or their commercial building, I mean, it's not just like a wooden hand railing or whatever. It's crafted. So I'm excited to hear that story. Uh, thanks for coming down. I guess we'll start, I mean, we'll go right, right at the beginning. Born and raised here, right? Yeah. Yep, I'm 43, been here my whole life, uh, born in Oklahoma City, uh, went to a private school up until seventh grade, and then we moved to where my parents still live, yeah. 10 acres in Edmond, okay. and uh, I was a part of the first graduating class at Edmond Santa Fe, 1996, uh-huh. and I have a, a another two sisters and a brother, Okay. so everybody went to Edmond. Um, Everybody pretty much still lives in Edmond. One of them lives in the city, but yeah. 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 That's awesome. And then, so the the family business that you grow up in then, tell yeah. us about that. Yeah. Great-grandfather started uh, Hodges Trucking in uh, 1932. Uh, we ended up running that business, many other businesses over the years, mm-hmm. but that was the primary core business, which was rig moving. So we moved drilling rigs gotcha. uh, for all the big yeah, companies yeah, yeah. work for all the major oil and gas companies throughout throughout the years. I ended up being fourth generation, mm-hmm. uh, but growing up in that business was awesome. I mean, it was just <laughs> awesome. You're, you're a kid. You're like, I get to drive trucks. Oh, I get to be around trucks. Right? Oh, yeah. Every kid's dream when you you're always playing with a dump truck when you're a kid, right, or something, and you see these real life toys. You're like, I get to ride around in these. I didn't realize how lucky I was when I was a kid yeah. until I got older, and I was like, I cannot believe my dad would let me operate some of that equipment at 12 years old right. or whatever it was. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very fortunate. It was pretty cool. No pretty doubt. Cool. Yeah. So, so when you graduate high school, then you think, do you go to university, or are you thinking I'm going straight into business? Yeah. So my first thought was is, you know, I need to try to see if I can do something else mm-hmm. on my own. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I was the oldest of, I was the oldest of 12 grandkids. So mm-hmm. 
a lot of kids could have gone into the family business, but a lot of people just, you know, sure. they all went different ways. But I went to OU for a little while. And it's ra- randomly, I was working for the trucking business uh, summers uh-huh. and on weekends. I'd go back and forth. And uh, I started working in the welding shop yeah. and uh, started just working on, fa- on fabricating oil field equipment. And then my mother asked me to build a bed uh, for my sister. So that's kind of what piqued my interest sure. out of middle of nowhere because I had no artistic experience that I knew of. Right. And uh, then I, a decorator friend of hers was asking me, can you make a coffee table? Can you make curtain rods? Can yeah. you do this? And woke up one day and I'm like building furniture and stuff on a regular basis on the side so yeah uh, yeah, it's kind of random right so that from there then you like I said it piques your creativity and your interest and out of nowhere you have a bunch of orders from family that says hey I'd like a pretty cool looking metal table right and a glass metal top or you know glass tabletop whatever it is and yeah and then you have orders out the wazoo and you're busy then you know yeah so I was going to school and I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do I just knew I needed to go to college Mm -hmm. so I was studying business communications and uh, I had to go down to the border of Mexico in Laredo. We took a crane down there. Mm-hmm. And while I was down there, I started seeing a lot of uh, metal furniture like stacked in these huge piles and three-acre lots. Yeah. And I, I couldn't understand what was going on, so I pulled into one of those places. And they told me that they wholesale. People come from all over the United States and wholesale this okay. furniture. They'll bring a U-Haul truck and fill it to the top. Yeah. So when they told me the pricing, I was just blown away how cheap it was compared to what it took me to make something so being in the trucking business going to school at OU not quite sure what I wanted to do I had Mm -hmm. a 10 hour drive home from Laredo and I was just on fire I was just thinking oh my gosh I can buy this and do this to it and tweak this and I'll build Mm -hmm. my stuff and pair it with this stuff so Within a 10-hour drive, I realized that I wanted to open a small home decor and furniture store. Yeah. At, and I was 20 years old. Yeah. And I'd never even worked in a store in a, a day in my life. So when I got home and told my parents that, of course, they thought I was crazy. So, <laughs> like, you've been you've been driving for 10 hours. Go lay down. To talk to me in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you know what you're talking about. Yeah. But I, uh, I had my mind set on trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, like I said, I couldn't believe how affordable... And it was so cool, some of the stuff they had. Back then, scroll work was really popular. Mm-hmm. Now it's not so much. It's all modern. But um, a coffee table that would maybe sell for 800 or or $1,000, I could get for 125 bucks. Yeah. take it back, rework it a little bit, and have pretty good margins. No doubt. So I talked them into uh, helping me open a small 1,000-square-foot store in a strip center in Edmond like a week after I turned 21. Yeah. Which, looking back now, if my kid brought that idea to me, I would highly advise that they not. I would steer them away. Let's just say right. That. Yeah, let's try something else soon. Get let's your try education. Online business first, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, nowadays, you know, they have. You know, back then yeah, we yeah, didn't so have online. Commit to a twelve-month lease or whatever, and be like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to sell all this stuff. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty risky, but. I got my education really quick in the furniture and home decor business, uh, mm-hmm. 9-11, and I ended up in North Park Mall in a 3,000-square-foot store, and that ended up being a really cool experience. I had some yeah. good store owners around me, and we all fed off each other's traffic. And then 9-11 hit, mm-hmm. and I went from you know probably 50 people a day coming in my 3,000-square-foot store to five. Yeah. And after about two, two-and-a-half months of that, and I was selling next to nothing, people yeah. just froze. Right. Um, I realized real quick I was going to have to get out. Yeah. So 
I got out, and then it was like, now what am I going to do? I put all my time and effort. I, right. I quit OU. Yeah, because you finish. don't have a degree, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't finish. I, I got about halfway through school, so I was like, should I go back to school? I didn't love school. Mm-hmm. Um so my buddy, who had a motorcycle manufacturing company, okay. sold all over the United States, had dealers all over the place. He said, why don't you come work for me for a little bit? We need a yeah. sales guy. You're good with people. So motorcycles are awesome. Of course. I mean, I had only driven one a couple times, but I thought, let's just give it a shot. Yeah, so yeah. I went over to Ridley Motorcycle Company for about eight months or so. Mm-hmm really learned a lot about selling. I, I had a ton of fun over there, and they were awesome to work for. Yeah. And uh, I was talking to Dad one day, just trying to decide what my path was going to be, and he said, why don't you just come work in the family business for a little bit and just see if you like it. Right. If you don't, go do whatever you want to do. I was like, okay, let's give it a shot. I've been around mm-hmm. this business my whole life. Right. I'll figure it out. So I got in there, and I, I went out to the field at first just because in that business, you really need to experience what goes on in the field. I wasn't out there very long, and they brought me in the office, and I think it's because my mother didn't want me out there because of how dangerous it is. I mean, it's It's, super dangerous. Yeah, it is, yeah. So they brought me in, and and at the time, they had to let go of our head of safety, which Mm -hmm. in the oil and gas trucking business, safety is huge. It is everything, isn't it? Yeah. It's everything. Mm -hmm. So they said, uh, we think you'd be a good fit for the director of safety position. Here's a desk job. You've been outside yeah. your entire life. How about mom says you, you should have a desk job? I'm and sure I was you were like, thrilled. Yeah, I was like, uh, what do I know about right. safety, first of all, yeah. other than don't do that, that looks stupid. Right. You know, so I got thrown to the wolves, uh, but you know, they just basically said, look, we'll, we'll figure it out together. We'll teach you. Yeah. Uh, and so I had a 13-year career, I learned a lot. It took me a good year and a half just right. to figure out what it was I was supposed to be doing there yeah. and what my true role was. Uh-huh. I was the only safety guy. Uh, we ended up selling the company in 2006 to Chesapeake Energy. Okay. And, of course, they were huge at the time. We were one of many companies that they had brought Doubled in. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we yeah. were under Chesapeake Oilfield Services. So. Then I kind of got into the corporate world. Gotcha. And we went from, at the time, I think we had around 180 employees, six locations, to nine locations, and we got up to like 550 employees. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I ended up with 25 people in my department. Um it was cool. I mean, right. I learned a lot. No doubt. Yeah. Throw, I mean, it's, it's the total opposite to family business, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're like, now it's like, like I said, everything goes, everything goes up a scale and you have corporate stuff to deal with and hierarchies and people and HR and all the rest of it. I mean, it's, it's oh, yeah. so much different from dealing with a family business where most of the business is done over a handshake and business relationships. Yeah. And then in the corporate world, it's like, no, I need a contract for that now. Right. Right. And I need like, we need to make sure it's a contract because, yeah. you know, it, uh, there's no secret that the U.S. loves to sue people for something, right? Like people right. are a sue happy culture out here. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I welcomed it. It was, it was exciting. It was mm-hmm. fun. It was, uh, I'm going to learn so much here. Yeah. And these people are going to teach me, you know, I knew a lot about the business art that we were in, right. but there were so many other things that I had to be involved in being a part of a lot larger group. It was mm-hmm. super interesting. Yeah. So 13 years. 13 years. But I, I kept building furniture on the side, kind of yeah. as a hobby, yeah. obviously trying to make a little extra money. But um, in 2000 and in 2009, I we were building a house, my wife mm-hmm. and I, our first house. 
and we needed to make we needed some support brackets for underneath the countertop, which is one of fifty thousand decisions you have to make when you're building a house. Yeah. And since I'm a metal worker, uh, I yeah, told I'll the builder, I was like, it. I'm going to make these metal corbels, yeah. and he was like, Okay, I've never seen any like that. Everyone uses wood. Right. Long story short, made these brackets. He was like, These are awesome. You ought to start selling these. Yeah. Can you make me 500 more for the other houses I'm building? Right, yeah. right. Uh, that would have been nice. But right. It didn't quite work like that. But yeah. uh, so I got on the internet, started researching, and I wasn't really seeing anything out there like what I made. Okay. Everything was made in China. It was cast iron. Sure. It was cheap and flimsy. I had made a high end bracket. Right. So I went to my wife after you know a month or two of research, and I said, "Hey." This sounds crazy, but I want to open an online store and I'm going to sell nothing but brackets. Yeah. And she was cool with it. So rotironcorbels.com is what we started in 2010. Okay. And uh, just I, I was building these brackets like three days. Of, I'd go to mm-hmm. my day job, yeah. come home, and at the time we had one kid, my daughter, who's 13 now, Give her a kiss, make a sandwich real quick, Straight go down the, the street to my parents' house. They had a huge barn in their backyard. Yeah. And I'd build brackets three, four days a week. Yeah. Take them to UPS the next day and ship them, go to work. Right. And I did that for about eight months, and it started growing and growing. And I was like, wow, I've actually kind of got a business here. Right. And hired my first employee That's and awesome. pushed down about a year and a half. We ended up in a 2,000-square-foot shop close to the trucking business, mm-hmm. so I could kind of go check on them at lunchtime. Yeah. And then we went to another 2,000, so we had 4,000. We ended up in 6,000 square feet after about four years. Yeah. And I had five employees. Wow. And this was all on the side. Yeah. Well, I was still right. in the trucking Yeah, I would have been a different conversation if you had told you I came quitting my job. And right. Like you'd have told your mom and dad when you were at OU, right? Yeah. It's like, no, you're not. We need, you know need stabling <laughs> yeah and a family and it worked out support, awesome because yeah. i didn't have to i could self-fund the business yes i didn't need the money so every dollar i made i put back in and i yeah. just grow and grow and uh we started making uh, bathroom vanities mm-hmm. um i started going to some trade shows uh, the international home builder show yeah um and anyways it, it it started taking off from there and we formed urban iron craft so we could start selling all these other products gotcha uh, which is now turned into many product categories. Right, yeah. Uh, no wine doubt. displays, tables, fireplace screens, bathroom vanities. Uh, yeah. yeah so we started wholesaling also. We started selling through other online stores. Got you. Now, when you go to our website, you won't see any brackets. I ended up selling uh, wrought iron corbels um, yeah. maybe a year and a half ago to one of my wholesale customers okay. who had other online stores. They wanted it. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to get away from retailing brackets sure. and just become a true manufacturer at, th- at this point. Yeah. So uh, my where we're at now is we're, we're really trying to grow Urban Ironcraft and uh. all these product lines. But then you saw Legion Metals. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people ask, okay, what is going on with Legion Metals? Because for so long we were Urban Ironcraft and uh-huh. we just did everything, right? We had our right. product lines. Uh, we did uh, architectural metalwork for restaurants, bars, and whatnot. So when I realized that Urban Ironcraft needed to become a true e-commerce store uh-huh. brand that focused on products, right. I needed to separate out the architectural metalwork. So I formed Legion Metals gotcha. just for branding purposes yes. so that uh-huh. it wouldn't confuse people. Yeah, And that's where that came from, gotcha. which is... A huge part of our business. Yeah, no doubt. So, so the so the Legion side is like I said more about fabrication and and your yep. 
super i mean custom stuff i guess you probably do as well restaurants we do is custom. yeah yep. it's uh it's amazing like it's like i said earlier you know if you don't know much about it and you see a piece it intrigues you because part of you thinks okay like you at least know that this because it's custom it probably took a lot of time and effort and that's not easy to do i mean right you know even as a kid right learning how to weld that's a skill that's a mm -hmm. a lot of people listening might not know that but there's welders get paid a lot of money especially in the oil field yeah to do you know i mean it's it's not easy work right and no. you know as a no. kid i'm sure you're 12 years old like your hands were very really clean because yeah. you're always working every day or doing something but yeah that's super awesome and, and no doubt like when you're a kid you probably didn't think you'd be you'd have this right of all no. the places you'd be, you never thought you'd have had two, two of these, you know, these businesses. No, I, I mean, you know, it's, a lot of kids don't know what they're going to do, even mm -hmm. when they graduate college, right? Yeah. What am I going to do with myself? I just got this degree in whatever. Yeah. And uh, I was very fortunate to realize that I love designing and fabricating and just constructing products. Mm -hmm. Really, I was about 18 years old. Yeah. And uh, even though I spent 13 years in the trucking business, and I loved that too, mm -hmm. and I, I thank God every day that I was brought there and learned what I learned because it transformed into what I do now right. and helps yeah. me every day. But I always had a passion for creating product, mm -hmm. and so I'm I'm really blessed to be able to do what I yeah. what I love. Yeah, and and it's just like there's so many. It's such a clean finish, isn't it, with the metal work? Like it's okay, you can put different finishes on it, but just seeing something in metal, like I, I know uh, Logan from uh, Oh Basic, Basic, yeah, and I've seen Good the work guy. that they do, right? You know, with the doors and the stairs, and like, yeah, I mean, just it's. And I come from the the residential real estate side, so I see a lot of like you know the big fancy doors that they right. put on houses, and the like the the iron railing staircases, and you know, and then you you see the website of the stuff that you guys do in the restaurants and. You know, it's no doubt when a restaurant owner sees this and they think, I want to make a statement. Yeah. We're going to be here for a while. The plan is, you know, let's, let's do this. And even if it's just a shelf, right? right? Like you said, you start with brackets. People think, you know, it's just a bracket. Well, it's mm -hmm. not because it becomes a decorative piece and part of the design of the That's room. True. Yeah. And we do residential work as well. But mm -hmm. I would say probably 75% of the architectural stuff we do is restaurants, bars, hotel, yeah. casino, whatever. Yeah. Commercial office spaces. Um, we're, we're, we're involved in three restaurants as we speak right mm -hmm. now. One of the, you know, one of the projects we just completed the other day and installed this last week was a giant pivot window that raises above people's heads yeah. and has gears and all this to yeah. be able to do that. And we had to create, we, we had to design it from scratch. Right. And, Stressed me out. I mean, <laughs> like, it's like 13 years of safety is now oh like, I need to figure this out. This window weighs like 800 pounds. Right. And the owner just, he wanted something that no one else had. Mm -hmm. This is a huge statement piece in the restaurant. Yeah. So I just told my guys, I was like, we're going to figure this out. Figure it out. I yeah. don't really know yet, but we're going to figure it out. And after weeks and weeks of scratching our head and engineering, and thank God we draw in 3D. I've yeah. got an awesome team and um, we we've come up with some crazy stuff that I didn't think we could do, and we, right. we pulled it off, and it's pretty fun. Yeah, having that ability to draw in three D and kind of like create something and see it on the screen and simulate how it's going to work, yes, it's changed the game, isn't it? Compared to like giving you a pe you know pencil and a piece of paper and say, if, if draw you, this. If you saw how I drew in the beginning, <laughs> you would crack. It. I tell I still tell people I still draw and yeah. I, I draw in Microsoft Paint. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever used Microsoft Paint, it's very oh, yeah. simple. Very, yeah. but I'm pretty good at it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Jonathan came on board like four years ago, and he showed me the world of three D. 
and yeah. SketchUp, and oh my gosh, it's changed our entire business. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. It's magical, and especially when you then present to the customer, hey, this is what it's going to look like. Yes, they don't have to imagine; it's there in you know in the figure and in the three yeah. D rendering. It's like you know what finish do you want it. Here's what it's going to look like. And it, I mean, it helps me because yeah. I can see something built, mm-hmm. but then I've got to tell the customer, and, I, and that's that's really hard to do in two D. Right. It's like Just, Chinese whispers, then, isn't it? Yeah, like, they're like, yeah. Well, I thought you meant this. I'm like, no, I meant this, and. You know, I'm sure you know when when someone's investing in a statement piece, they want it to be right. You know, and yes. they, they got to get their their views across and make sure that what they want is exactly what they think they're telling you what they want. Yes, right. Because yep. nothing worse than setting expectations and the, you you, know, you give them a finished product and like that's different color or nowhere near what I want it. Yeah, and that was the risk that I had early on in the business is if I don't communicate this well mm. and they're expecting this and we show up and install it and they walk up and they're like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, you take that risk. Now with 3D renderings, I mean, you're going to see exactly mm. what you're going to get minus a few little details here and there. Like on that window, we, we couldn't communicate exactly how the gearbox and all that was going to function. Yeah. But we could communicate 90% of what the window was going to look like. Right. And that's all he really cared about. He's like, I know you guys are going to figure it out. Just make it happen. Yeah. It's so. nice to have a customer like that too, isn't it? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's like, awesome. I trust you do what you do. You're good at what you do. It's the reason we want you to do it. Knock yourselves out. Like, yes. This is the idea of what I want. Go do it. Yep. Um, so the Urban Iron Craft thing then, that's like people probably listening can go and they can buy pieces for their house and, and everything that you can think of as well as office furniture yeah. and, and stuff like that. Whereas yep. the Legion side is your more creative yep. design, custom restaurant style office mm-hmm. pieces. Yeah, usually what we build on the Legion side, a lot of it comes from an architect. Yeah. And then the GC hires us to make it to okay. bring it to life. Gotcha. But a good portion of our customers will come to us also with inspiration photos yeah. and say, I want something like this. Can you figure it out? Right. And we just, you know. Yeah. Well, and he, he, in the last year, right, people are now, now working a lot more from home and they want a killer desk to work yeah. at now, right? And there's yeah. nothing better than walking into a home office and seeing a custom metal desk. Yep. That probably had to take the window out to put it in, right? Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. What's it been like? I mean, for you, like creative, you know, creatively kind of just, you know, Obviously, with with like with the urban ironcraft side, there's a lot of products that are the same. But when someone comes to you and, and like to that point, it's like I want this, and and you get as a creator, you're like, let's figure it out and let's make it. Like my favorite thing is when a customer. I, I love designing conference tables because okay. conference tables we can kind of get pretty wild. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. Depending yeah. upon the customer. Yeah. Like just say it's an advertising company and they want to wow their customers. Yeah. So we'll every once in a while we'll have a customer that will come in and say, look, you've got a lot of cool stuff, mm-hmm. but I want something different but I don't know what that is. So can you just get wild and do something like this or whatever? And I always tell them like, at least go to Pinterest maybe Mm -hmm. and just get some ideas of things that you're thinking about and then shoot me those images and that'll at least give me a direction. Uh, but we've done some pretty pretty wild stuff in the past, and it was just yeah. fun that they just let us run free with it. I love it when someone lets us do that. Yeah, yeah. super happy. So obviously, as well, I mean, when you look at the website, you guys aren't just local here. I mean, you ship nationwide, right? Yes. We we actually send a lot to the East Coast, believe it or not. Okay, yeah. I never would have thought that. Yeah. Uh, but we send dining room table, well, everything we make, right? Right. But when you're sending a... 10-foot long dining room table that weighs 300 pounds, and we have to build a custom crate for everything we do because nothing is really stocked. Oh, yeah. So shipping is expensive these days. Right. Uh, A lot of the deliveries we do are are considered white glove. Yeah. So um, 
But yeah, we'll send a dining room table to downtown Manhattan. Yeah. And we've got to make sure we coordinate well with the customer to mm-hmm. make sure that that thing, you know, it's expensive. It's Yeah, expensive you don't piece. need someone to crane it through the through a loft window or whatever yeah, to get it I in. Yeah, I hope not. That would be yeah. a, a heck of a with, thing to coordinate. With your trucking background, did we do you ever think about having a dish, like the distribution site as well? No. Is it just not, like, not just with having just one truck or whatever, two trucks to kind of... Yeah, these companies that we use, we ship probably through eight different carriers. Okay. And they literally have 10, 15,000 yeah. trucks because they can touch every mm-hmm. square inch of the United States. Yeah, that makes sense. The only thing we can do is deliver locally. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it goes to Tulsa, it's almost worth for me to ship with a carrier. Right. Unless it's a big conference table that someone spent a lot of money on and yeah. maybe needs to be put together. Yeah, I'll send a couple go guys on. and we yeah. may go up there and erect it. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, we ship every single day all over the U.S. Yeah. yeah. What was what was it? I mean, obviously with with the website, right? The good thing about websites is it's worldwide. But yep. what's it like when you get that first order and you're like, oh my god, I, I'm shipping to Manhattan or like whatever? It's like I mean, it makes it it's great shipping locally, right? Because you probably think, oh, someone's got a referral, they've gone through a friend, they somehow know me through six degrees separation. But when you get an, an order from nobody that you know yeah. from halfway around the country that's got to give you some goosebumps oh it's super cool yeah and then every once in a while you know someone from australia or wherever will say mm-hmm. i love your wine display i've yeah. got to have it do you ship to australia or england right. or wherever and, and the answer unfortunately right now is not yeah. right now well can i f- can i ship it to a friend and then they ship it i mean they'll, <laughs> yeah. they'll try to figure out whatever they can yeah but it's always cool that you know when you find someone that loves your stuff so mm. much they're they're willing to do whatever it takes and spend whatever it takes right. to get it over there but yeah you know when we've shipped to alaska or mm. whatever you're just crossing your fingers thinking yeah, i'm sending this dining room table all the way to alaska what if it gets scratched right. what if it gets dinged yeah so and that happens every once in a while yeah. mm-hmm. i don't care how well you package uh, these trucking companies can be really rough mm-hmm. um so we've learned to try to bulletproof our packages and crates mm-hmm. the best we can but Damn. believe it or not a fork will go through a pallet and will dent the side of a dining room table and yeah. we've got to build them another one send it right away yeah so it happens yeah because sometimes if it's a restaurant right there they they waiting they have an opening day yeah you know like they have deadlines yes and the last thing they want is you showing up and oh like I said it's a package showing up and some fork truck drivers had a bad day and not been paying attention. I can't tell you how many times I've laid awake at night when we've done some huge crates. We did yeah. one job in Atlanta. It was it was a big metalwork package for a new uh, corporate office, mm-hmm. and we sent these pieces. Some of these pieces are fifteen, twenty thousand dollars worth of metalwork right. on one pallet. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, if that gets damaged, yeah. like the the amount of you effort almost want to fly with it, right? You know, like, I'm just gonna, like, gonna, I, I am the personal chaperone of this package. Yeah. I'm gonna go wherever it goes. <laughs> if it wasn't so far, I'd personally drive it there. Right. Yeah. But it's it, you know it's not practical. So yeah, a lot of sleepless nights. No hoping God, your stuff gets there okay. Uh, I, I, I yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, to that, I mean the thought of that, right? All the you know, you put so much work and effort into it, right? And it's a huge piece, and it's you know it's obviously great business as well. The last thing you want is to you know get there, and they're like, yeah, it's dented. Like, oh. Yeah. Like now, what do you do with it? You just can't do anything. You could... Oh, and if it's a, a rare piece, no, yeah. it's one thing if it's like a wine display or a fireplace screen. Right. Where we can, build a lot of those. Yeah. You know, we can turn one of those products around really quick and get it right yeah. back to them, and then we'll fight with the trucking company. Right. You don't worry about it. We'll yeah. get you a new right. one. I'll yeah. get that piece back. I'll mm-hmm. try to get my money back. It's not your problem. Yeah. yeah. It happens. That's it happens. the world we live in, right? I mean, things. It is. But I mean, it makes every day different, which is good. Yeah. Uh, so, so going forward, then, 
um, you know, like we have these two websites, have this business now, and you're shipping all over the country, which is, I mean, it's amazing to look at it in, in you know, the time that you guys have been in business and just to come from making a male bracket, yeah. you know, I, I'm even coming from like being that 21 year old and opening that store and thinking the world is my oyster. Now I'm going to, you know, when, when you're 21, you think you're going to make a million dollars your first year, right? I mean, it, you know, it's like that typical like entrepreneur man math that we do, right? Like if I get this many customers a day and sell this many stuff, I'm going to be a millionaire. Right. Um, you know, it should work like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're 22 years later, you're in a place now where, you know, you've gone through, you know, the trials and tribulations of, of owning a business and opening a business, right? You've, you know, you've, you've gone through a business, you've opened one, you've cl- had to close one, and then you've gone to the corporate world and now come back. And it's there's a lot of people listening that, you know, they might be just coming out of college, right? And they might have given themselves a plan and like, I'm going to do a business or I'm going to try this. Um, and there's so many lessons in that. Mm-hmm. What are the lessons I think that you have learned coming, you know, through all those experiences and, and you know, when you when you had to close your business at 21, I'm sure that wasn't a great moment for you, right? I mean, people are looking at you like, oh, yeah. like a failure, yeah. which at 21 is not what people want to be, you know, you want to deal with that. Um, but you obviously bounce back and, and now, you know, said 22 years later, you're, you're a successful multiple business owner. So you from know, a I business think- owner's perspective, what are the lessons you've learned? One of the main lessons, uh, and, or something I could tell someone that's considering opening a business, mm-hmm. becoming an entrepreneur, is, man, you better be passionate about what you do. Because yeah. there are days that I, I'm going to the office thinking about all the challenges I'm facing at the mm-hmm. moment. Even though business can be great, yeah. it is super stressful. And having employees is very difficult. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's 10 of us right now. Yeah. And I, I came from a world, like I said, where we had 550 employees at, at our largest. And I've experienced all that mm-hmm. and all the tug of war that comes with uh, being a counselor as a boss. And, and if you don't love what you do, yeah. it, it can be very, very difficult. So. A lot of people that just think they're going to throw something at the wall and like, if it lands on this, I'll go do that. Yeah. I, I highly advise against that. I mean, mm-hmm. you really need to carefully think about, because if you love what you do, man, it's so much easier. Yeah. It's just so much smoother. It's, you're still going to have tough days, but mm-hmm. it makes life so much better. And and to that point, when, when you know, like you said, if you don't really love what you do and someone might pop up with another idea and you're like, oh, that looks better. I'll go do that. Right. Right. And I mean, like we're always kind of like looking, you know, especially when you're searching, you've just come out of university or I mean, you have, maybe you haven't gone to university, but you're searching for a purpose, searching for something to do. Like I said, if you don't figure out what you love to do, then you have all these other opportunities that come up and like, oh, maybe I could do that and not this and, you know, sell online or whatever it is. But yeah. Well, luckily in this world that we live in now, I mean, there's so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. Even back yeah. when I started the furniture business, uh, the store, I mean, online was just really mm-hmm. starting to become a thing. E-commerce, really, I don't even think it existed yeah. at the time. You can literally sell anything you can dream of yeah. now and make a living doing it. Now, mm-hmm. now you're also competing with everybody and their dog online, right. yeah. and the advertising game is crazy now. Yeah, it's expensive. We're now. all competing for the same pair of eyes. Mm-hmm. So. Now it's even though we make an awesome product, if people don't find it, yeah. I mean, there's only so much you can do. So right. I'm getting into the we're getting ready to turn our shopping cart on finally. Okay. So people yeah. will be able to come to the website, order a custom piece of furniture, and hopefully not even need to talk to us. Because right. right now when you come to Urban Ironcraft and let's just say you want a custom coffee table, mm-hmm. we may go back and forth through about five emails to get it nailed down exactly what you want and right. then we move on. In the future, here very soon, uh, we're in the middle of it right now, uh, you'll be able to choose your length, your width, your height from 12 or 15 finishes, whatever we end up with. 
and uh, and we'll send you a custom piece of furniture. There's not a lot of companies you can do that with. Mm. So that's where we're going in the future. And maybe one day there there really won't be large furniture stores. I'm not sure. Right, yeah. Because a lot of furniture, I mean, they've been going out of business, right? Furniture stores, especially like in-person, like off, you know, like like store locations. Yeah, especially the smaller boutique stores. You yeah. know, the, the big stores like Mathis Brothers will probably sure. always be around. Yeah. And they have e-commerce as well. And they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on marketing. Exactly. Yeah. And they've got a name that lasts, you know, yeah. 75 years, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But our customers are needing that very specific piece. Mm-hmm. We sell a lot to interior designers, architects, yeah. home builders, um, and the homeowner, when and when they come find us, it's because they have a specific right. need that you can't go get at one of those stores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So bringing that online and having all the drop downs to where you can get that custom piece and literally literally mm-hmm. not have to talk with someone, it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Has 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 it ever come across like your mind to like relocate, like out of the state? Yeah. Anything? Because I mean. It, it, it must. I know these pieces are custom and stuff like that. But I, you know, you think of a lot of furniture, and a lot of it's made in China or it's made somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you know, your guys are totally different because everything is made here yeah. in Oklahoma, right? For the most part, and it's. Like, I don't know. I just like it's, it's just something might have popped up and said, you know, what about coming overseas? And you look at the margins, but. Well, I get approached all the time for manufacturers overseas because they're out there looking for people like gotcha. me all the time. Yeah. So they'll approach and say, "Hey, can we put together a." whatever program for you. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is everything we make is made to order to your size. Now we will have in stock products in the future, but I'm just a stickler on quality. Mm -hmm. And I hear horror stories of containers coming over here Mm -hmm. and 25% of the load has issues. What do you do with it at that point? I don't have to worry about that. Mm. I see almost, me personally, I see almost every piece that leaves. Now, as we grow, that's going to become more difficult. And with quality control, we'll have to put a lot of measures in place. But I know that everything that leaves there is as close to perfect as it can be. Yeah. Unless it gets damaged along the way, of course. Right. No, but that you're right. That's and it, it's just an added value, isn't it? And it's it's part of of the brand now that everything that we do is made here to the specific yeah. specs that that the client wants and the finishes and and that's I, yeah. I mean, it is hard to scale that, but like you said, over time when you build, put in quality control measures, there's no doubt that you will build and scale that. And I assume oh, yeah. that that is the goal now going forward is to, hey, I found what I love to do. Let's, let's grow this and, you know, not, it might be a generational business like, like your family's trucking business was, it to be cool, right? Yeah. It'd be cool. Be awesome. Yeah. I, you know, I see having 30 or 40 employees one day for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the potential is there with the, the way the industry works now. Yeah. So the sky's the limit for what we do, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just going to keep pushing forward. Yeah. And on the Legion Metal side, it's it's more of a, a local thing. Right. You know, it's kind of hard to build a restaurant package and yeah. ship it to New York. We just did it a couple weeks ago, though. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it does happen, uh, but on the scalable side, it's a lot tougher to scale that business mm-hmm. than it is Urban Ironcraft. So, mm-hmm. Well, and also, like, by doing that, it, that's something that, like— you get your name out there and you work with companies who, you know, there might be someone in Oklahoma who builds restaurants for Chick-fil-A or for whoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, not Chick-fil-A, but, you know, I'm trying to, like, a, 
I'm trying to think of an upscale steakhouse for an example, right? Yeah, Bruce you know, Chris. Bruce Chris. Okay, like that. yeah. Like, what's the steakhouse we had at the Omni that just came in? Bob's, is it? Yeah. Like so someone I did who built, work in the Omni. There by you the way. go. Yeah. See, someone who comes here, they're looking for you, and then, like I said, you, you know, they 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 hire you for that one opportunity. You do great work, and then they're like, oh, now we want to hire you to go to New York or yep. Nashville or wherever it is. Yep. And that's like through word of mouth and that opportunity that you've got, right? That's how you build. The relationship on that side. So bringing that up, we there's a there's a local company, uh, Caston Millworks. They've mm-hmm. been around forever, and they specialize in restaurants all gotcha. over the United States. BJ's Brewhouses yeah. is one of their biggest customers. Mm-hmm. So that's when we started doing architectural metalwork. Gotcha. Was for BJ's Brewhouse. Yeah, I bet I've done. 35, 40 of those That's awesome. all over the U.S. Now, they probably have 125 locations, mm. but it's pretty cool yeah. to say that you've been involved with that many restaurants all yeah. over the U.S., and we kind of got those packages down to a science, mm-hmm. so we can ship them off to Seattle or whatever, right. and they have install crews that know exactly what to do. Yeah. So there is some scalability there. There's the scale, for sure. Uh, yeah. I just personally really love furniture, designing furniture products, you know, like yeah. the wine displays and shelving and different things that come along with furniture. Yeah. And... Uh, that's the side that I really see growing. Well, what's the stuff, I guess, that's that's kind of trending at the moment then? What is coming in with, you know, like, I mean, just offices and, and residential, luxury resi- you know, luxury residential houses, stuff like that. What are you seeing a lot of? Well, you know, Metalwork's been popular for a long time, but mm-hmm. the styles have changed right. over the years. Like I said, back when I was growing up, scroll work mm-hmm. was just everywhere. That's all yeah. you saw. Up staircases and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And the certain finishes that you just saw in every single house. Now, it's very rare. I'm not saying it's not around. There's still some Tuscan homes right. and things like that being designed today. Mm-hmm. But probably 95% of the homes are either transitional or modern mm-hmm. or, you know, kind of a mix. So everything is just real clean lined and straight, yeah. which we love because it makes our job a little bit easier. All that right. scroll work was very difficult to work with. Super heavy, yes. intense, very expensive. Yeah, time consuming. Very time consuming. Yeah. Um, but finishes are trending, you know. Uh, gold has has been popular for a few years now, yeah. and it's just still it blows my mind. We literally shoot gold every day. Yeah, uh, yeah. I never would have thought. Right. When I first started this, when I started making brackets like yeah. old world and black, and you know the steel colors were really popular. Mm-hmm. We literally shoot gold and silver every single day. That's awesome. So it's kind of interesting watching the trends come and go. But yeah. when you work with a ton of interior designers, they're gonna they're gonna help push you in directions. Oh, and you're yeah. just gonna go with them. Yeah, well, that's great though, because like you like I said, you, you're at the forefront of that creativity and that design. You get to see the trends that are coming, which probably helps you on the other side to market products. Then through yeah. through Urban Ironcraft, it's like, hey, this is coming. Yes. And now we can push all of this stuff or get it in early on it because it's coming as well, yes. right? Which is nice to see and, and a great side of the business as well. Yeah, the wine displays come to mind. We I had no intentions of making wine displays, right. but we had an interior design customer of ours, Jennifer Welch. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard yeah. of her, but mm-hmm. she's done really well. She had a really cool customer that owns a winery, and they wanted an entire feature wall to display their wines, yeah. and then a huge cabinet and she said, I want something different. I don't want to just go buy something off the shelf. Yeah. Can you help me come up with something? So we were like, sure, this is fun. So we started designing, and Jonathan and I came up with this wine display that has now turned into an entire product line. And wow, I see an yeah. entire category, maybe even in a, another website, dedicated just to the wine display business. Amazing. So I never would have done that if she wouldn't have pushed me and challenged me to right. come up with that product. And uh, that's pretty cool. That so is who knows what cool. else we'll do in the future. You yeah, know? no doubt. That, and 
like I said, you, you, you know, thankfully you've got clients like Jennifer, designers that come to you, that trust you, that say, let's let's push the boat out here. Let's do something yep. completely different because they put their name on it as well, don't they? They they're the ones that yeah. like, they get design and think, you know, let's let's really do something. Let's make a statement here. Yeah. And you're right. She has done very well. And She's done I've seen well. her. I mean, you know, her Instagram and her designs is. She's good at what she does. Very good at what she does. And yeah. we work with a lot of awesome designers. I mean, mm-hmm. we're really fortunate to, to have such cool relationships with a lot of them. And they're just repeat customers. They just keep coming yeah. back. And I get to see all the neat things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm always kind of getting to see the latest of whatever yeah, it is, right. appliances and whatnot, because we're in all these people's homes. Mm-hmm. Well, and you so. built that trust over the years to know that you're, you know, you can be you can be trusted to to make a, a quality product and to the specification that they want right you've kind of yeah. you're on the level that they're on right you know you know it's nothing worse than going to someone and like not trusting that they got what you what you want them to do but yeah. now over the years of relationship that you've built they come to you and they know you're on exactly the same page let's knock it out and there's nothing better than having business partners and, and clients that that really trust you oh yeah yeah no it's yeah. it's it's pretty cool i mean we wouldn't be where we are without these mm-hmm. relationships and you know, um, I, we have designers all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, you may not hear from one of them for a month, right? And you're like, man, I hope that last project went well. And yeah. <laughs> next thing you know, next week they're emailing you like, I loved this, and yeah. now I need you to do this. It's like, okay, cool, we right. we nailed it on that one. Has anyone ever shocked that you're from Oklahoma? That you're like, you're you made, made stuff's made here in all Edmund? the time. Yeah. I talk to a ton of customers, especially on the ultra custom stuff, yeah. and I love to hear the East Coast people because they'll hear. Yeah, I guess oh, well, a little bit yeah, of an yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, so where are you guys located again? Because, you know, they're on our right. website, but they don't always they don't, go yeah, look. Yeah. And I'll say Oklahoma City, and they're like, "In the, really? <laughs> They'll like, kind of stutter for a like, second. Like, yeah. you're not from California or, you know, wherever, Seattle. Because uh, when you think of custom high-end furniture, you don't necessarily think of yeah. Oklahoma City. Maybe Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always kind of people cool. on the coast cool. still think we ride horse and carts here. So it's totally. I fine, guess so. Right. I guess <laughs> so. <brilliant. laughs> All right. So for, for people listening, where can they go to? Um, you know, like do you, social media stuff as well. Or they, you know, while they're listening, they can. Oh, Straight yeah. from this, go to that and the I'm, websites, of course. I'm all over Instagram okay. for Urban Ironcraft and Legion Metals. I'm kind of active on LinkedIn too, a mm-hmm. uh, little bit on Facebook, but yeah. Instagram's the best. Okay, yeah. awesome. Well, Justin, uh, for everyone listening, I'll link those down below in the description. You can click on them right now and go check that out. Um, but man, thanks so much for coming down. I really yeah. appreciate it. Thank it's you. Uh, exciting to hear the family story and and like you know, it, it's always great to hear how you got to where you are, right? You know, you, with the family trucking business and navigating that and and attending hour drive back you know to figuring out that i'm gonna open a store now right and then that not you know because of 9-11 and everything that happens there that doesn't work out and you go back into the business you end up in safety and and now we are here where you know where we're at it's, you never know love it um love what you said though about finding something that you love to do for everyone listening that wants to start a business yes that's the that's the that's the, the key yeah that's the key for sure be be passionate about what you do Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming down. For everyone listening, I'll post the links to Justin's social media and the website in the description, and we will catch you next episode. Cheers. The home market is booming, and RCB Bank is here for you. If you're in the market to buy a home, a mortgage pre-qualification will make the process much easier. Talk to one of our mortgage professionals today. RCB Bank. That's my bank. With approved credit, terms and restrictions apply, member FDIC, equal housing lender, RCB Bank, NMLS 798151. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. 
thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.